Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today, we are going to talk about creative trust and trusting yourself in creative endeavors. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? Well, I have finally, the past couple of weeks, had uh, some time to work on my business stuff, some things that I think I mentioned this before, you know, just some things that I've been wanting to do, wanting to plan ahead for events, marketing, publicity, all sorts of things, but it's all kind of been up here and I needed to get it on paper. I finally got some things on paper. And so now I've actually been able to take some time to really work through some of those ideas and think about where I'm going to go with this and, you know, what I'm going to do with these things and all of that. So that's kind of taken my creative uh, time for the last couple of weeks. (laughs) So what about you? Well, that sounds amazing. And I know that you have been planning like in these little spaces and cracks of time, all of these really cool things that you've been wanting to do. So I'm so glad you got a chance to just sit down and pull it all together and feel really comfortable with it. But I've done other things too. (laughs) (laughs) To answer your question, (laughs) I just wanted to comment on how awesome you are first. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) But yes, so I have been doing a lot of fun things And one of the things is filling out this informational form for the retreat. And uh, I don't know if I I talked about this last week. In fact, I think I did it, but I wanted to kind of pull it into what we're talking about this week. Um, I had to write two summaries, like short, short summaries on the stories that I'm working on. And so I I am working on a story now, but like the sweet spot of the the hosts that are going to be there is in low and high fantasy stories and I happen to have a low fantasy story that I adore and love and have been percolating on for years now and I didn't know which one I wanted to bring so I wrote a summary for both of them and popped it in there for the form just to see um, which one felt right afterwards because I had to turn in the form there was a deadline but I didn't know which one I wanted to use but since pushing submit on there I really think that I am going to um Sorry, I have a, the sniffles. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry you I, have the sniffles. That's so that just stinks, and I hate just, it for you. <laughs> we uh, we have been having some health woes. I think you could call it from the sniffles to other things. <laughs> it's just it's really trying, guys. <laughs> when you don't feel yourself for so long, like physically, yeah. So just be thinking about us. For me in particular, Joy might be fine. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, since I have, um, since I've submitted the form, I feel pretty confident that I'm going to 
I'm going to cultivate and like get some stuff on paper and uh, really work on my low fantasy story that is like a story of my heart. Like this is one that I've been trying to get to a place as far as writing craft goes in order to tell the story. And I mean, when will I ever have another chance? Who knows when or if ever to have Anna Bright and Maggie Steve Otter and, um, and others get to look at the story. So, so I'm going to put a lot of pressure on myself (laughs) and work on it, but I don't want to totally give up. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's scary. It's super scary. Sometimes I know that it's the right thing to do when I'm scared. Isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. We can get into that trust issue. <laughs> That's true. I was like, sounds like, like our episode, but it also sounds like another episode that we're talking about happens soon. Um, so uh, It does, doesn't it? Yeah, the Ooh. fear of success. Ooh. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> that one too. Um, we're put a pin in that one. (laughs) (laughs) We tend to get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Um, so I've been working on that, but I also didn't want to leave my other story in a place that was not a good stopping point. Mm -hmm. So I have been working on cultivating that story to a place where I would feel comfortable leaving it and then coming back to. So there is time. The writing retreat's in September, so I think I have like six months or so. But I'd like to I'd like to get that story in a good place and then really knuckle down on book and not knuckle down because that's the wrong cliche, May. Um, <laughs> buckle down. <laughs> and, uh, but there's nothing wrong with knuckling down either, guys. If you want to do that, um, yeah. So I'm gonna buckle down and really use this time in a wise manner and invest, invest. Invest in yourself and your craft and your stories and your readers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Yay. I'm so excited about that. And I know it's difficult to choose which story to focus on, but I mean, you're right. It just makes sense because they're literally going to be there. Well, I'm excited about your um, your decision and all of that. So that's exciting to know. I'm really glad that you are supportive of that decision because it, it was like a risk for me. Like that's a risk. So. Well, it's hard because, and you have been putting a lot of time into all the words and you've mm-hmm. been really working toward getting back and, and rewriting that and kind of getting that to the place. I think mentally it's hard. Well, and this actually falls in perfectly, your creative week falls in perfectly with our topic for today, which is creative trust. And so you had to really kind of trust your gut, trust your instinct on what was the right thing. Um, So like we said, this is about trusting yourself in your creative endeavors. And just to kind of let you guys know what's in store in this episode, um, we kind of came up with a few main points that we're just going to kind of chat through because let me just say, May and I are still, you know, this is a topic that we're thinking through. We're actively living through and working out in our own creative lives. So this is really going to be um, a genuine, candid chat. 
with you all. Um, so we're going to talk first. We're going to give a few examples of creative trust in ourselves just to kind of set the stage of what are we really talking about. I think sometimes uh, we need to have those examples to really make sure that we all know what we're talking about. Sometimes when you discuss things dealing with creativity, it can tend to be a little vague and a little amorphous, I guess is the term that it's just something out there and it's so giving those examples will help make sure that we all know what we're talking about um then we're going to talk about what happens if you don't trust yourself we're going to get negative for just a little a few minutes because i think we all have been there right like so what happens if you go down that path and that's what we're going to talk about and then a couple of common misbeliefs that sneak in you know we talk a lot as writers we talk a lot about our what misbeliefs do our characters have? Well, as human beings, we have misbeliefs too. So they, those come into play here. Um, also, we have misplaced validation. So how could certain, and we're going to give a couple of examples of misplaced validation, how that affects our creative trust. And then we're going to wrap up with just a few how-tos for building creative trust. Um, and like I said, this is something that we're working through. So it's not like, we're giving you the end-all be-all of how to make this happen, but we're just going to give a few tips that we've kind of seen in our own lives and we're implementing in our lives and that kind of thing. So let's get started with examples of creative trust. So May, you want to kind of get yeah. us started there? I would be happy to. So like an example of creative trust in ourselves as artists would be that you trust yourself to follow your story or your process in order to come up with your product. Um, and so I know at the beginning of writing, so like 2010, something like that, I literally had a three ring binder of just maps and family lineages and um like I created something I thought was really unique and then come to find out it wasn't <laughs> um I had like character questionnaires and like character essays and stuff and this I mean a three ring binder with no nothing written on the actual story, just like all of these thoughts about the story. And that was because I did not have trust in myself creatively to actually start writing this story and for it to be something that was worthy. So that's a good example, I guess, for you there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have you done anything like that? Yeah, it's funny when you said the three ring binder thing. I was like, me too. <laughs> I really How about do. Flicks? I had like slicks. I had um, paper that was printed and I'd have it taped together so it would like trifold and then I'd put the whole thing into the slick. Oh, girl. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, you know, we've talked before it's about how much. It. Well, I have mine too. We're going to have to compare them one day. We will. We will. It's going to be a fun day. I know. And we've talked before about our love for office products. I feel like that's pretty across the board for authors. It's like, if you're an author, you love the office aisle at Walmart. <laughs> well, it's um, true. <laughs> it is <so> true. <laughs> I think too, like you mentioned about um, that creative trust that what you produce is worthy of an audience. And that's a huge thing. I think also that we need to trust that what we're doing is important for the world. And 
it's also important for us. Um, and those are some other examples of creative trust where not only do you know that what you're putting together is worthy, but that it's important for someone, you know, it's important yeah. for a specific reader. Um, and you kind of, you know, we talked about that before about having that ideal reader in mind. And so when you have that particular person in mind, it makes a big difference, but also that it's important for you, you as the creative, as the artist, you know, that what you are producing is important for you as a person as well. And, you know, we've talked before, I think, about how creating is, um, it's part of who we are and it's part of what we have to be, you know, I think, I know I've said it before mm -hmm. where I pursued this because I couldn't not do it. Yes. You know, yes. it's, it's one of those things. So. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and also I had a misbelief, which we'll get to that section too, about how important fiction is to, uh, to myself and to others. And so because I had that misbelief, I was not able to trust the fact that since I was writing about weirdness and uh, things that weren't true things in the world, that, that it was important and needed and real mm -hmm. to someone else and to myself. So uh, I really think that that changed for me when I thought about um, what write what you know really means. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not a, a physical experience that you have, but rather an emotional experience. Like that's what you're writing toward. Like that's what you know is the emotional experience. And that's what you're trying to get across, no matter your, if you're writing fiction or an essay or an instruction manual in some cases. No, that's probably not true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're writing in some sort of narrative, um, that is something that, that you're trying to um, that you're trying to get through there is some sort of emotional truth. Yeah, and I think so. that that is so true across all mediums of art. I mean, if mm -hmm. you think mm -hmm. about just in your own life, I mean, I can think about how music has paid, played pivotal roles in my life. You know, mm -hmm. I can think about how, um, of course, books, literature. Um, plays, you know, all of these different forms of art have influenced my life. Um, and so it is important, you know, to think that that and that is a common misbelief, I do feel that art, you know, isn't all that important, or, you know, even though it's great, or it's wonderful, you know, we may not give it that word, we may not use the word important. And I think that it is. So I'm yeah. glad that you mentioned Or necessary. That. Yeah. yeah. Necessary is another word that we don't put onto art. And it just is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So. Yeah. So the trust example, um, as far as like what does creative trust look, look like? I also think um, something that's important would be like trust in yourself to be consistent. And that's one that I've had a, a struggle with as well. Like if I don't, if I don't follow a routine or if I don't write every day or if I don't practice art every day, um, I will lose it somehow. Like it will just you know, use it or lose it. <laughs> Now, I can tell you that the longer sense of time that I do not pr 
practice, I do get more hesitant and um, scared even that I can do the thing that I've set out to do. But that's where the trust in yourself comes into. I think that you just remember that you do. It might take you a little bit of time to work back up to where you are or where you were. But that doesn't mean that it's gone. Um, And um, I think that's probably common, too. Or like trust yourself to be consistent. Um, there's a lot of shame that comes along with not being consistent, I think, too, because we hear a lot in the artistic world that you need to practice a certain amount of time. You need to have a, a rigid schedule, you know, um, and that if you don't produce today, it will never happen. Um, and really what we need to do is block out all of that noise and just show up for ourselves whenever we we tell ourselves that we're going to show up so if that's once a week that's once a week if it's once a week for 10 minutes it's once a week for 10 minutes but the only way that we're going to shut up those voices though is to actually be consistent in our art whenever we say we're going to be yeah I love on your terms (laughs) right right and I think that's so important and I love that you mentioned that because it's so funny. Today, actually, I got uh, an email from Nadine Brandes. She, and I don't know if I am pronouncing her last name right, but she's a lovely author, um, just a delightful person to follow on social media. I get her newsletter, and it's just fun to, um, she has a different way of looking at things that is refreshing, honestly. Uh, so she just had her third baby and in her, and I can't remember, honestly, cause I looked at her social media, her Instagram posts. Um, and I also read the newsletter. So I don't remember if this was in both of them or just one or the other, but she talked about this, you know, we hear you need to, you know, butt in the chair every day for X amount of hours. Don't no excuses, whatever. Well, that's not, practical for every person and she was kind of explaining a little bit about how she makes a routine in a life that doesn't really work for routines she's a mom of three (laughs) you know I mean it doesn't always work out to where every day is going to be she's going to have an hour from six to seven a.m or something like that doesn't work like that um And so I loved reading that because it's something that I've struggled with as well, because I don't have a life that is consistent day to day to where I can have that every day for an hour or whatever, you know. So I love that you said, um, trust in yourself to be consistent on your own terms, whatever those terms are, and show up for yourself based on that. So I think that that's super important to hear. And I don't think that we can hear it enough because those voices that say every day, at least an hour a day, they tend to be louder. (laughs) Or maybe that's just me, but I feel like those tend to be louder. And so I think I need to hear the, you know, whatever your (laughs) consistent is more often. Yeah. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. So I think we just have like one more example. Okay. um, For the creative trust. And, uh, and that would be to trust oh. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This is a like problem. having, yeah. Having trust in yourself and like culminating creative trust in yourself. It grounds you for when the critics come and try to like blow you over. Like yeah. you're a weeping willow able to move along with the wind instead of 
falling over. And that's kind of the the whole point of all this is just having this strength in yourself, like this inner strength that um, that you can withstand and be a, a, an artist long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's a huge one and it's so important because they will come, you know, in one way or another, it will happen. And so if you can prepare yourself ahead of time and you have that trust in yourself and your product, then it will help a great deal. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just another reason why this conversation is important, I think. Yeah, definitely. So what happens if you don't trust yourself? So we came up with three things and there are more, but let's, yeah, we'll just kind of focus on these three things. Well, you can be like May and you can never start writing or never start painting or never start insert creative medium here. Uh, (laughs) So there's a lots of, lots of research that I don't even like remember anymore but I mean days and weeks and months and years of research that I was just like if I could just know a little bit more then I will be ready (laughs) you know it's kind of like parenting (laughs) yeah like if we waited until we were ready nobody would be a parent It's very true. Some of the most satisfying and special things in my life, I have not been ready whenever they started. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) So, yeah, kind of similar and along the same lines is procrastination. You know, we tend to do that. You will never see a cleaner author's house than when there's a deadline. I mean, it's just, it's a matter of fact. Um, and that leads to just kind of a resistance in the journey itself in whatever your creative journey is when you, um, instead of trusting yourself and instead of trusting the project that you're working on, you give in to, um, the fear, honestly, a lot of times it's the fear, it's just not trusting and then procrastinating. It's so much easier to procrastinate, just kind of staying stuck in a rut, you know? So, yeah. Well, and then another one that I'm guilty of is the the burnout, but not because of why you think, you know, you hear burnout for people who are just uber motivated and then they're hustling all the time. They got their side hustle and then they got their second side hustle. And then there's this other side that somewhere is around here. It's like maybe the top part, maybe it's the top side hustle. I don't know. <laughs> but they have all these irons in the fire and they're just really killing it and they have just burned themselves out. That is not necessarily the type of burnout that May has. May has the <laughs> burnout where <laughs> where all of a sudden she's super motiv- uh, motivated and inspired. And so um, she will, and I'm talking myself in the third person. Let me try that again. I will. <laughs> I will um, be motivated and inspired and I'll be really surprised that I'm motivated and inspired. And then I will work until I burn myself out of that motivation. And I'm afraid to leave the creative place um, because I'm not sure if I'll ever make it back again. And so that brings, uh, it brings me to a place where everybody else is asleep in the house. And so I'm working all through the night and only getting an hour or two of sleep or something like that. And then I've got to go to work the next day and then I work through work. And if that, that comes again, then I try to pick it up and then just the, it's just not there anymore or it's there again. And then I've had two days of, of sleep 
deprivation. And so the first thing that goes when you have sleep deprivation is your creative juice. Mm -hmm. It's a scientific fact. And so that's the type of burnout that I'll get. It's it's a fear burnout. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that I will never be this productive ever again in life. So, (laughs) so it's that trust. You don't trust yourself then. I don't trust myself. That's right. Because I've either not been consistent or I just don't feel worthy. So yeah, there's, there's that nice vulnerable confession for you. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that because I don't, I, I know that you're not alone with that. You know, we all deal with that from time to time. I mean, there definitely is a big fear of, you know, losing the the thing, losing the, the ability. And then it's just like, <laughs> the magic is yeah. magic. Follow the, it's a little bit like follow the willow, will of the wisp, you know, like you gotta <laughs> follow it when you see it or anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I've just geeked for bravely to come out. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so excited. I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> so that brings us to a couple of uh, common misbeliefs. So let's kind of dive into that. So one misbelief is the instant artist. Okay. And this is you want to meet your goals now, but <laughs> you have to work up to that. You can't rush it. You want to be like your mentors now. <laughs> But you have to be you. You have to put trust in yourself. You have to trust that you're able to grow into the artist that you were created to be. Yeah. So don't place your goals on how the art ends or what the results of the art is going to be, but how the art comes to be. Mm, I love that. You can approach art with curiosity and interest instead of the outcome. And that always, for some reason, makes a better product. It's like it's like the consequence of doing it right is having a better product. <laughs> yeah. So really, just like lay back and trust and let it happen instead of yeah. – I do think a lot of times we tend to try to force things. And it, it doesn't work well. Oh, yeah. Oh, it just yeah. doesn't. Well, I mean, and there, okay, so there's a difference between like forcing, forcing it and, um, and being consistent because there are some, some days that you're going to, you know, you're going to have it marked on the calendar. It's like, this is my time Mm -hmm. and you're just not going to fill it, man. You're just not going to, you're, you're not going to be there. Your muse is going to be hiding or whatever you want to call the thing, (laughs) you know? But just even just showing up and saying, you know what, I promised to do this. So I'm just going to do whatever, whatever curiosity and interest leads me to. So maybe it's not something on that project per se, but maybe you just want to doodle today. And what's going to be interesting, and I I think what's going to be interesting is how often that what you've decided to do, like doodling that day or something like that is actually going to be a part of your project at the end of the day. Yeah. You think they're separate. You really, yeah, like you really do, but your brain, like, it's so strange to me. It's like my subconscious is so much smarter than my conscious. (laughs) (laughs) Our brains are incredibly complex. They are amazing. And so for whatever, like, however it works, they pull together these things that you just, you wouldn't have thought to pull together, not without your brain yeah. just doing its thing. So, yeah, for sure. 
For sure. yeah. There's definitely a lot going on there that I don't understand, mm-hmm. but I'm very thankful for. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So then we have oh. another misbelief, and this is that procrastination is a part of my process and hustle is the only way to win. Oh. Do you want to handle the per- procrastination or the hustle? I do. I work at a college. Okay. So. <laughs> and, and I told myself this law, and I mean, I just hear it all the time. It's like I've been out of college for a very, very long time now, like almost 20 years. And this is a law that I told myself, and I heard everybody else around me telling themselves too. And I still hear it to this day. So it's where the student comes in and they're like, you know, I've got a paper due in like two days. I haven't even started it, but that's okay because I thrive under pressure. <laughs> like that's how I get, that's how I get my stuff done. And it's good too. Like I get, I, you know, it's really good. <sighs> and so, so I've been on both ends of this coin. Or, or both, that's, that's the wrong cliche too. Wow, I'm really, I'm really throwing the cliches under the bus. Ha ha ha. Today. But, um, but I, I've seen, I've seen both sides of this coin. And as the student, I really did think that getting really close to that deadline and pulling that all nighter and, uh, you know, just, (laughs) I thought it really did make whatever I was writing or whatever I was doing just great, but that's not what it was. The, The sense of accomplishment was more the fact that I got something to turn in by the deadline. Like that was, it was like a false sense of accomplishment. It was like, yes, I made this goal, but the goal was not to write a good paper. The goal was to write a paper by the deadline. Mm. Do you see, do you see the difference? (laughs) So what I try and I work a lot with students and they're precious. They're wonderful students. They actually are, you know, one of the things that gives joy to my heart and to my life. And on the teacher end of it, the teacher end of it is that, oh, like when you get the paper, you're like, oh, she wrote that last night. <laughs> like we know, we know what has happened when there's a lot of threes where the E should be. We know. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. So, and, and also the sad part of it is, is that that was an excellent first draft. You know what I mean? Like if they would have done that three days ago. And sat on it for a day and then read it again and edited it before they turned it in. It would have been phenomenal. Yeah. You know, but whenever you get it in your hand as a teacher and you can tell that they've done it the day before, it's all right. (laughs) It's the difference between a C and an A, you know, on an academic, if you're looking at it academically. So let's pull that into creativity. (laughs) and. I just, I feel like there's a lot of similarity in there where, you know, you have a deadline or you maybe, maybe it's one that you've put in place or maybe it's one that you've got with a partner or with a company or whatever it is. uh, And you decide to clean your house instead of work on your, (laughs) work on your project. I'm so guilty of this. So this is not like me, like 
pointing my finger at people because you know, this is what we do as artists in some cases. And we have, we have accidentally made this a habit. I think like we accidentally made this a part of our process. I don't think any of us sat down. And I was like, you know what I need? Stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't think we do it on purpose. That it's just has become a part of us in some form or fashion. And we were like, this is what makes us thrive. This is what makes us whole. Mm. And I just wonder what it would be like if it wasn't something that we held on to, but rather something that we let go of. Yeah. Those deep words. (laughs) So the second part to that was the hustle is the only way to win. And I think that this is a huge thing that we tend to tell ourselves. And it's just, it's unhealthy. It really is at the end of the day, but we're so guilty of it. And it's, you know, we talk about the side hustle and it's all about, you know, burning the midnight oil and doing all this stuff and, you know, just killing ourselves, like constantly going, going, going and, and all of this. But instead, take some time to just kind of be introspective. And trust that you're going to find a long-term process that fits you and who you are in this moment. You know, you don't necessarily have to literally kill yourself to achieve these goals and these dreams. Take some time and figure out how you can make this happen, but on a more manageable and healthy (laughs) level. And I think that that's hard for us to... I don't know. I think that we just live in a society where we feel like we have to be constantly killing ourselves or we're not doing anything. And that's a huge misconception, a huge uh, misbelief that I think just invades all of our society. Um, And so it's something to kind of be aware of and notice in our own lives, you know. So, yeah. That's yeah. that's a good one. That's one that I think we all struggle with this this whole mm-hmm. procrastination and the hustle and all of that. It's a good lesson for our creative lives too, though. And yeah. I really appreciate the fact that if we can find that creative trust, that we can find a long term process that fits mm-hmm. us in the moments where we are, and also we will, we will be more willing to adapt whatever process that we find in order to to. Um, to complement the season that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So that brings us to the misplaced validation. And this may be one that maybe we don't always think about, but misplaced validation absolutely affects creative trust. Um, Start out. I think the way, the best way to start out is with this question. And I think that we all have to ask ourselves this, where does your validation lie? And this really goes back to um, what we've kind of been talking to you guys about for the last several episodes. I think it's it's come out in one form or another where we've talked about fundamental standards. Okay, this is where that foundational, you know, what are your beliefs? What are your um, what what is your foundation for your life, and then for your creative business, for your art, for all of these things. What is your, um, what is your foundation? And this is one of those things that's part of that. Where does your validation lie? 
So if you if you haven't figured it out just yet, we really think that fundamental standards are important for not just artistic um, people, but for people in general, just being uh, introspective and knowing what you believe and why you believe it and who you are and whatever you believe. That is super, super important to us. And so um, the reason why this affects you in a negative way if your validation is not in a good place then uh, because it whatever other people think about you or wherever you put that validation uh, if someone's opinion changes about you then your trust in yourself changes about yourself so for example, let me give you some external validation examples so you can really see how this is working. Maybe I'm not explaining it well, so I will give you an example so you will understand. <laughs> so um, external validation can cause you to mistrust yourself. So this would be like publishing gatekeepers or writing partners. As much as I love my writing partner um, and her opinion matters to me, it does not necessarily mean that if she doesn't like one of my stories or one of the things that I do, that doesn't mean that I'm not an artist and that I'm not a good person and that I deserve to not make anything else anymore. Um, another thing would be mentors just like life mentors or art mentors um, once you have grown in yourself and you've started making your own art if it differs from whatever your mentors does and if they like it or not uh, if that is where your validation lies that lies that dislike of whatever you're making could destroy you in a way um, and as much as all of my family and my husband and my children um, they're so very important to me, but my validation doesn't necessarily lie with them. Do I want them to love me all the time? Yes. Do I want them to think I am everything in this world and more? Yes. But if they end up not thinking that, it's going to be okay. And it's going to be okay because internal validation is what I really hinge myself on. And so that is what do I think of myself? Did I do the right thing? Was this decision done, uh, made in the right spirit? Um, those kind of questions and those kind of things. If I can say, yes, I did the right thing, or yes, I think that this was right, or yes, this was done in a good spirit instead of, you know, malicious or jealous or bitterness or something like that, then I can, I can be cool with whatever happens after that. Um, and for me personally, another place where, uh, where my validation lies is in my, my God and what he thinks of me. And he gets to speak very clearly about what he thinks of me through the Bible and through the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I know that he loves me and I know that he thinks that I'm the bee's knees. That's not in the Bible, but it's a loose translation. <laughs> loose. <laughs> loose. Loosey goosey. <laughs> But because I'm very secure in who I am in Christ, I can be, um, I can, I can have that creative trust in my products and what I, what I make and what I do because, yeah. And I think that it's that. important too. And I know that we've, we've said this before at some point, but it's important to reiterate that also our validation doesn't lie in the things that we create. 
You know? Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, and that's a huge <laughs> one that we have said before because we've talked about before, you know, when when the critics come, like we mentioned earlier, if your validation rests completely in whatever that is that you've put out there and somebody bashes it, well, boom, there you go. Yeah. So that's not where our validation should lie. It should lie in what May has already said, you know. Yeah, and and we have said it before, but I think it was like in season one, so it definitely merits yeah. a repeat. Yeah. So, and we all need that reminder word. often. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, for this sure. brings us to our last part, and that is just a few how tos for building creative trust. Um, how can you <laughs> either develop or rebuild this trust? So. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we, we, you know, this is something that we deal with all the time. Mm -hmm. And so are we perfect? No. Have we exercised a muscle in rebuilding (laughs) creative trust? Maybe. So so we'll share with you what we know. (laughs) That's a good idea. So first of all is start by making small promises, small promises, not big ones, not huge ones, not overwhelming ones small promises and showing up for them. I read an example of this in Brené's uh, Brené Brown's book Dare to Read. No, not Dare to Read. <laughs> <laughs> we do dare to do that. <laughs> um, dare to Lead and she spoke of like a little girl who had a bar a jar of marbles. Or maybe it was just a jar. I think it was just an empty jar. And, um, so she had a relationship with a friend or whatever. And, uh, every time the friend did something that was trustworthy, like even small actions, she had put a marble in the jar. And whenever, um, the friend did something that wasn't trustworthy, then she would take a marble out of the jar. And so I think that that is a really good example of like how we deal with ourselves, um, so when we are when we're consistent with small promises, that's a marble in our jar. And when the jar is full, we're like, yes, I can trust myself <laughs> you know, with bigger things. So there is that. Oh, there's another thing too that Jordan Peterson says. He's a uh, uh, a guy that my my cousin Amy loves. And Jordan Peterson, if you look him up on YouTube, uh, is a psychologist and and uh, a researcher. But he says to do, what is the smallest thing that you can do in order to get you closer to what you want to want to do? So, for example, if you wanted to um, exercise and be healthy, the smallest thing that you can do potentially would be to drink an extra glass of water. If you know that you don't drink enough water, you drink an extra glass of water that day. So... That kind of thing, that would put a marble in your jar if you were able to be consistent with drinking an extra glass of water. Thank you for the uh, visual there, Joy. (laughs) I have been doctor ordered to add multiple glasses of water to my daily consumption. So there you go. (laughs) So it's just building up that trust in yourself, building up that confidence that you can be consistent and trustworthy. So, yeah, I like that. So, yeah, just to kind of go along with what you're saying, you know, um, I think that we do have a tendency to, when we think of things in terms of filling our our jar with marbles and then taking them away, I think that we do have a tendency to go 
the other extreme, right? We kind of tend to focus on all the failures, all the lost marbles, instead of focusing on the marbles that are there. And I think that it's important just to find a balance. It's kind of like a pendulum swing, okay? You want to not go too far to one side or the other and not stay on one side and never come back, you know, um, because we can over-justify certain things. We can, you know, say, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal that I didn't, you know, follow through with writing for those 30 minutes that I actually had yesterday. And I decided instead to just sit there and watch whatever takes only 30 minutes to watch <laughs> whatever that is I had the sniffles so I didn't need yeah. to write. There you go. <laughs> just you know real time example <laughs> yeah I mean we can we can tend to do that we can tend to be on that side of things or we can tend to just be like we turn into Eeyore because we focus on the lost tale and we don't focus on what what has gone well and what we've done right you know, so there is that balance that we have to strike when it when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah. So surround yourself with all of the creatures in the hundred acre wood to help be your support system and to put your tail back on and to encourage you to be the best Eeyore you can be. Exactly. <laughs> Eeyore is my absolute favorite. He's the I best. I love Eeyore. With and I do thistles. love how <laughs> I love how all of the other characters are just like, yeah, it's just Eeyore. And they love him anyway. And they yep. include him in the parties and they include mm-hmm. him in the fun. And they're, they're just like, that's my friend Eeyore. And yep. I just love that. <laughs> and they stick a party hat on his head even when he looks they gloomy. do. <laughs> okay, that's a little off topic. But, you know, that happens well, sometimes. Actually, it leads perfectly to the next how-to <laughs> that we had. And that is to change our internal voice. Um, because I think this is something that we're all so, uh, we're all guilty of this, where we kind of talk negatively to ourselves often. Um, I don't know, maybe this is more for women than men. I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to that for sure, but I, I definitely feel it's common amongst women where we just have this negative internal dialogue going on with ourselves a lot of times. And I've actually said, I've said this to you when particularly we've, when we've been talking about things. I've said, don't talk to my friend like that. <laughs> I told you that one time, but it's something, it's something that I think we have to tell ourselves too. Like, don't talk to myself like that um, because we can, that's detrimental. That's tearing down whatever creative trust you've built. Uh, in yourself when you dwell on the negative and you you cut yourself down and you focus on the lost marbles <laughs> instead of the ones that are in the jar and and all of these things so change yeah. your internal voice i love this meme that's floating around on the internet these days and um it says something to the effect of i'm going to start talking to myself the way that i talk to my pup um, or my dog or whatever. And it's like, you're such a good girl. You've got such a beautiful <laughs> belly. Do you want a treat? <laughs> like, well, yes, I do. Why, yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I know that that's funny and everything, but it's also so very true. Like, 
we we only get this one life and we only get to do it once and um and we just waste so much time on the shame and the guilt of things when we could be very forgiving and loving and just do better we could just do better and we could pet ourselves behind the ears and okay so my dog actually ate something off the counter today and it was not just like a little something it was like a roast that spent and my husband spent hours on just and he he's never done this before to my knowledge but the roast was now up you're on second the guessing everything <laughs> I am I am absolutely second guessing so the roast was up on the counter and it was pushed back too so it wasn't like hanging off the edge or anything but my dog is kind of big now like he's 50 pounds and so he's He's gotten to a place where he's like, you know what? I'm a big boy. And I'm assuming he got on his hind legs and put his hands on the counter and he uh, ate a significant portion of the roast that was supposed to be lunch for three days. <laughs> and so it was very disappointing. And we we got him and we, we, we put him outside for a little while to show him that that was not something that he could do in the screened in porch. So he couldn't run around or anything like that. But, and we cleaned everything up and got it together. But, you know, after he came back in, I didn't look at him and point my finger at him. And I'm like, I can't believe you ate that roast. You know, like, I didn't do that because he's got these beautiful, sweet little eyes. And, <laughs> and it's like, at the end of the day, you look at him and you're just like, oh, he's just a pup, you know. Pups are going to do things that are pup-like, and, <laughs> and it's going to be okay. And so I think sometimes that we got to look at ourselves and be like, you know, she's just a little human. <laughs> Humans are going to do things that are human-like, which are, you know, sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're going to make the wrong decisions. Sometimes we're going to choose the wrong thing. But also, she has very beautiful eyes. Just look at her. <laughs> And we're going to forgive her and we're going to start better. We're going to do better tomorrow. Uh, so I know that's a fun little meme that's like floating around and stuff. But it's so funny that Bodhi just ate something and this just happened. And it all just kind of fell together for this podcast episode. Well, but. and I think, too, that another good thing with this is <laughs> to remember that when we when we focus on the negative, when we focus on the bad, when we whatever we're tearing down that trust that we've built for one thing mm, we're wrecking you. Yes. we're wrecking our confidence we're completely undermining any creativity that we had when instead if we had a better internal voice if we're more positive if we focus on the positive we're going to end up producing more we're going to end up producing better creative pieces and so, yeah, when we focus on the negative and we talk negatively to ourselves, we're only hurting ourselves and our product and our, you know, in our case, readers or, you know, whoever is consuming our art. We're only hurting them. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it stops us from learning from the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And when, if we can learn from the situation, then we can do all of those other things that you just said. Right, right. So, yeah, and so then that brings us just to one final little um, tip, little how-to. Um, we can also do some journaling, which May and I love journaling. Um, if you're not a fan of writing, you could do this like video journaling or audio journaling. Um, 
And so just kind of think through what stories are you telling yourself? Are they truth or are they lies? Like those misbeliefs that we talked about. Um, Yes. So I actually read this in Dare to to Lead as well. mm -hmm. It's just a really great book. So if you you want to read a Brene Brown book, (laughs) I highly suggest this one. It's also the only Brene Brown book that I've read, but I really got a lot out of it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, well, she was talking about like how she and her husband, like they would sometimes be in like a feeling between she, her husband and her. And she would say, you know, husband, this is the story I'm telling myself. The story I'm telling myself is that you, um, you came home and chose to cook chicken because you know that I hate chickens because you're being passive aggressive about something that has happened in between us. And I don't know what that thing is. And so I can't fix it. And (laughs) she's like, this is the story I'm telling myself. And so he would then respond, well, here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is is that I had a really hard day at work. And so when I came home, I thought I really want to do something special for my sweet wife. And when I looked into the chicken, into the refrigerator, the chicken was the only thing that was thawed out. And so I was so tired. I just thought, but I wanted to make you dinner and chicken was the only thing that was thawed out. So I thought that you would forgive me for making something that you didn't like love, but but you don't hate either (laughs) um, because I wanted to do something special for you. But this was the amount of energy that I had. And so he debunked the story that she was telling herself because, and I don't know if, I don't think that that's exactly how the example with went, but it was along the same lines of that. And so like being able to say, this is what I'm feeling. This is the story I'm telling myself that I am basing decisions and creating emotions from. And then once you write it down or you, you video journal it, then you kind of step back and say, okay, what's the truth? Is this the truth? And then you can evaluate if it is the truth, then wow, you've got some, you got some thinking to do, right? And if it isn't the truth, then you've got to figure out what the truth is in order. And it might take somebody outside to help you discover what the truth is, somebody that you trust or some creative partnership that you have at some point or with a, a life partner or with a trusted friend or family member. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Cause we don't do this thing called life long. Right. Yeah. But that's what, you know, like what stories are you telling yourselves? What are those misbeliefs? That's where that whole idea came from. And I just think it's so important. And it's since I've read that a year and a half ago, I've used that in my life too, like in my personal life, like what story am I telling myself? Is it true? And I've even used it with my, my husband too. So I was like, so this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm thinking right now. Is it true? And so I don't, I don't tell him this is the story I'm telling myself because he would be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very manly man. <laughs> so he would be like, and here's the story that we're telling the boys at night. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what he would say, but I feel like he would probably balk at the whole, this is the story I'm telling myself, but that's how I internalize it whenever I evaluate my own things. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Well, I feel like this has been a good and I hope helpful episode. I mean, it's, it's good to kind of talk these things through. Um, I think we're probably ready for a challenge. 
Yes. Before we get to that challenge, though, I just want to say like a couple of things. Okay. And this won't take very long. I promise. I'm just going to list a couple of things that might be helpful in order to create a new story for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I just feel like it's important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you can make new affirmations. So you can say things to yourself like, you know, I trust that I am an artist who does this or you know you can write these affirmations down um, you can practice them to make a new story so I am a writer who I am an artist who I trust that I am an artist who I am consistent in these kind of affirmations I think um, will be able to help you create new stories and also to remind you of the truth as um, as the world comes your way and tries to debunk you again so okay that was all I had to say Oh, I love it. I'm glad you said that. And, you know, another thing that we can do is just to focus on those little, those little wins, those little Mm -hmm. marbles in the jar or whatever you want to call them. But that's why it's, it really is important to celebrate even the little things, you know, like after two and a half years, I sold one book in this one bookstore that's like, you know, two states away. Like, that's cool. Like that is, that is something to celebrate, you know, it's those little things. And so, yeah, choosing to find the joy, to find the good, to find the things to affirm, to be positive about. And that just spurs you on to produce more and to be a better creative. Yes, good word. Thank you. Yeah. So now I think we're ready for a QWERTY challenge. I will not stop you again. No. (laughs) (laughs) So this time, here are a couple of questions for you guys. How much do you trust yourself and your creative work? Are you fair weather in this area or are your roots deep and strong like a great big cypress by the bayou? (laughs) Oh, yay. That was my poetic something for the night. (laughs) Great imagery. (laughs) (laughs) So we encourage you to evaluate where you are and where you need to grow because we all need to grow in different places. Be honest and fair in your retrospection. You know, don't get all negative. We didn't. We don't want you to go there. <laughs> but be honest and fair so that you don't waste your time with lies that lead you down the wrong path. Yeah, and look for the good and the bad because there will mm-hmm. always be both. Yeah. If you're only getting the bad, be like, mm, got to find them good things. So, because mm-hmm. there will always be both. Exactly. <laughs> You guys have a fantastic week. Yes, and go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.